Welcome to another episode of Fear Not, the podcast that tells us why we're afraid of all the wrong things and oblivious to what can actually kill us. Trending this week, the measles and anti-vaxxers are even more dangerous than we thought. Florida police officers suspended from viral video with strippers. That and so much more coming up on Fear Not. Today is gonna be a good day. Don't care what anybody else say. Oh, I don't need a fortune cookie to tell me the way I'm feeling. Gonna be a good day. A good day. Welcome back to Fear Not. It's episode 25. I'm Barry Glasner, back from a great vacation. I had a wonderful time. Alonzo Bowden, my partner in fear, is on the road for a few weeks. So our crack producer, Adam Everest, who did such a great job co-hosting with Alonzo while I was gone, is here to join me. Hey, Adam. Hey, Barry. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. How was your vacation? Oh, it was fantastic. I went to Italy and a little time in Germany and uh, ate great food, man. Any fearful moments while you're on vacation? Only whether I could uh, fit in three big Italian meals every single day. That was it. <laughs> it sounds like maybe fear that your clothing might not fit after eating all that good food. Never fear that. Always get more clothing, but you can't Fine. get more Italian food like that once you come back. There we go. So it's great to be co-hosting with you, Adam, and uh, it's great to have a millennial POV on this show. Well, thanks, Barry. I'm glad to be back. We sociologists, we live off of good research. And so far this season, we've debunked, are you ready for this, almost 100 fears. That takes a lot of time and a lot of research. Just ask Adam. He does a lot of it. It's true. It's one of my three full-time jobs, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> when we started the podcast way back now in June, we'd planned to wrap up the season last week, actually, uh, and then we would take a short hiatus until January. Right. It's like, who, who needs fear over the holidays? Well, apparently... Our producers do, uh, because they worried that everybody listening would uh, leave us if we went dark. Yeah, guilty as charged there. That was actually my idea. I like that. So we came up with a way to give all of you some original content, some new info through the holidays. And the thing that's always interesting to me about what I do and how that's going to work in these coming weeks is that soon after we cover a story... What happens is scientists and researchers and journalists, they come up with new information, new findings that are important and worth noting. And at the same time that that's going on, people in the fear-mongering business will take those very same findings and they'll find new ways to scare us. Well, that's like with your book, The Culture of Fear, right? You came out with the original one, new studies come out, and you give a new update to your book because there's new research. Right. And that's kind of what we're going to be doing on these can we call them mini episodes? Let's do that. So what we're going to be doing starting this week is we're going to be revisiting some of my fears of the week, as well as, of course, the fears that we debunked. And we're going to update you with the latest information. And speaking of fear, I have to tell you, I really loved last week's show about stand-up comedy and the fears of stand-up comedy and your conversation with Alonzo. It was a lot of fun talking to Alonzo about something that he loves so much. I learned a lot from it. I learned a lot about comedy. Anybody who hasn't heard that episode should take a listen. And speaking of Alonzo's comedy, just giving a quick plug, he's going to be at the Arlington Draft House in Arlington, Virginia on November 29th and 30th. So if you're there, catch him. You can always go to his website too, Alonzo Bo. It's got all the info there. And 
Comedy Barry, you were on the Jim Jeffries show. That interview was awesome. That was fun. I love what they did with it. I really did. The way they cut it was fantastic. And of course, Jim Jeffries was great. They got it right, too. They got the facts right, which is always a relief. Yeah, it was hilarious. I love the part where the guy falls in the bathtub. Every single time I laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So funny. You got to check it out. It's on our social media. It's on YouTube. It's on Jim Jeffries' social media. It's everywhere. Just search it. You'll find it. And please keep sharing this podcast with your friends. It means a lot to us, and it'll help them stay safe and happy for the holidays and more relaxed. And also, like us on the platform of your choice. Give us five stars. We're on Twitter, at FearNotOfficial. You can email us at FearNotOfficial at gmail.com. And while you're there, click subscribe. You'll get alerts as to when the podcast is released. Let's get this thing started. This story goes back to our very first episode. So for our early adopters, you might remember this piece. We did this on measles outbreaks and the anti-vaxxer movement. Measles was almost completely eradicated in the United States, but thanks to the anti-vaccination movement, it's making a comeback. Give a listen. Barry, what do you fear? What are you afraid of? Uh, you know, seriously, what I do fear, Alonzo? Measles. Really? Mm-hmm. There's been a huge increase in the cases. Two years ago, they rose 30% in a single year, just for as one example. That's serious business. Now, why is this happening? Why is it happening? Mostly because of the anti-vax movement. Now, the measles had to get in here, right? And so, you know, some people who traveled out of the U.S. came back with it. But it's mostly because of the anti-vaxxers. And you should fear anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers are clear and present danger. No question about it. The World Health Organization, WHO, lists vaccine hesitancy as a top threat for 2019. And they got a lot of serious health threats that the World Health Organization deals with. Why aren't we afraid of something it sounds like we really should be afraid of? That's exactly right. What I've been writing about and talking about for a long time is that Americans are afraid of the wrong things. And why? Because... Measles just sounds like, you know, what you get when you're a little kid. I mean, I was talking with somebody the other day who remembers that their mother took them to birthday parties so that they would catch measles so that they would develop immunity to it. Now, I don't know anyone with measles. Why is that? Is that vaccine? Why did it go away? Yes. yes. It's because of the vaccine and that it was widely followed and because of some laws that helped make that happen. By the way, I should tell you, measles is about the most contagious germ pathogen on the planet. It's serious business. It really is. And before 1963, it infected 4 million people every year in the United States, just in the United States. And about 50,000 of those people in the U.S. ended up in the hospital. They had horrible symptoms. Pneumonia, brain inflammation came out of this sometimes. There were about 500 people who died each year for measles, right? And most of them, of course, were children, young children. And then what happened is the vaccine was introduced in 1963, and the annual count went down from about 4 million uh, measles cases to zero. Zero. So, you know, there's there are requirements in all the U.S. states. There are laws that kids have to get vaccines if they go to college. I mean, if they go to school at all. Right. But there are exceptions. Right. So if you have a religious or a philosophical reason, you can get out of it. And that's what's happening. And it's very dangerous stuff. Also, because there's something that's called herd immunity. Okay. That's not H-E-A-R-D. It's like H-E-R-D. And the only way that so that uh, uh, Inoculations protect an entire community, very wide community, but only if enough people get it. Let's put it in terms of, of a herd of animals, something we're, we're familiar with. So there's a herd of antelope. 
how how do you make the entire herd immune to it? Right. So if almost all of them get the injection, right, and they're vaccinated, then it goes away or they have more immunity to it. Once it falls below a certain level, then people are much more susceptible. But mostly we need to make it truly, truly illegal not to vaccinate your kid. You don't vaccinate your kid. There's serious consequences. It has to be mandated. How do you penalize them for not doing it? What do you do? So I'm pretty radical on this one, Alonzo. I'd arrest them. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're a public health danger. Oh, this, this is interesting because I have a friend who actually is going through this where they have a child and his wife is an anti-vaxxer and he wants to vaccinate the child. And he was like, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, listen, I don't have kids. And I sent him some articles about this. You know, you, you try to battle these things with science and intelligence, which has been your life. But the, but people are going to believe what they want to believe. If I were talking to your friend, suggest something he could say to his wife or partner, right? You're endangering our kid's life. Do you want to be responsible for that? Because I'm not going to be. This is a real thing versus, you know, falling off the rim of the Grand Canyon, which I'm fine with. <laughs> I don't need a rim of the Grand Canyon vaccine. Like if you want to walk off the mm -hmm. edge of the Grand Canyon, see you later. We have a couple of updates on this story, but first I want to give you some facts. The United States declared measles eliminated in 2000. Pockets of anti-vaxxers, though, have allowed it to gain a foothold in communities across the nation. There were 22 outbreaks in the U.S. in just the first nine months of the year. That means multiple people coming down with measles. Specifically, it was 1,250 patients documented in 31 states during that period. A whopping 89% of those patients were unvaccinated or had not known their vaccination status. Now listen to this. Not since 1992 has the tally of measles cases in the U.S. reached that high. And a new report shows that measles is much more dangerous than we thought. A geneticist at Harvard University named Stephen Elledge, who's the senior author on a new study published in the journal Science, detailed something that we've known anecdotally for decades, but now there's real science. When a normal, healthy kid gets an infection like the flu or bronchitis and recovers, they come out stronger because their immune systems developed antibodies for that disease. But what this new research shows is that when it comes to measles, almost the opposite's true. A measles infection can, quote, actually hobble a child's immune function for months or even years. That's a quote from the Harvard doctor. In some kids, the measles actually erases the antibody memory of a large part of their immune system, and that makes them more susceptible to diseases that they acquired immunity to. There's even a word for this now. It's called immune amnesia. Are these just theories, or is there actually studies that have been done on this? There are actual studies. A study was done on 77 Dutch school children whose parents refused to vaccinate them on religious grounds, and the immune amnesia effect while there, was mild in many of the children. We need to note that. But about 16% of those kids lost at least some immunity to more than 40% of the microbes that cause common childhood diseases, specifically influenza, which we all know is the flu, rhinovirus, which is the most common cause of the common cold, respiratory syncytial virus, and that causes respiratory tract and lung infections. So they lost some serious immunity. In two of the 19 children, 
The immune system was profoundly disrupted, as the researchers put it. In fact, there was a question as to whether they would fully recover. So just to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly, Barry, when a child gets a cold or the flu, they build up an immunity to it. They build up antibodies once they get it and they recover. And then the next time it comes, they fight it off with that built up immunity. But a kid that gets the measles, it wipes that completely clean? That's basically what this new research is suggesting. That's Ah, right. Elledge, that's the Harvard researcher we were talking about, he said this, quote, the measles virus is like a car accident for your immune system. In fact, an unvaccinated child who weathers the measles may emerge only slightly the worse. But conversely, they could take months or even years to recover. Quote, we know how to prevent injuries in car accidents, wear seatbelts. The vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella is a seatbelt for your kid's immune system. Again, that's a quote from the Harvard researcher who says parents should buckle their kids up. But, you know, Barry, is this research enough to get the anti-vaxxers to back off? Sadly, Adam, no way. In fact, the anti-vaccination campaigners, they're at it again. They're doubling down. They've released this controversial documentary called Vaxxed, and now the sequel. Guess what? It's called Vaxxed 2. It was just released in early November. It's a documentary that, to put it bluntly, spreads false claims, clearly false claims, about how vaccines cause autism. And Vaxxed 2, The People's Truth, now that's out. And one of its producers is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, nephew of uh, President John F. Kennedy. Here's a short clip from the trailer for Vax 2. My phone rings, and it's Dr. William Thompson. You and I don't know each other very well. You have a son with autism, and I have great shame now. There's a whistleblower from the CDC who's going to come out and say that the CDC had committed fraud on the MMR study and that they knew that vaccines were actually causing autism. My oldest son, Ian, was walking and running. After the vaccine, he was no longer able to do that. So I called the clinic and I said, I think my child's had adverse reaction to those shots. And then came the headband constant banging against anything that he could find. Right now, I'm sitting in a very pretty position in terms of providing you a lot of information. This is the thing. These are people who are dealing with a horrible situation. In this trailer, you see children that are really suffering and and parents, too, that are suffering. It just it pulls at your heartstrings. Absolutely. And that's, of course, what they're trying to do with the documentary. I've been studying anti-vaxxers now for a long time. I wrote about them in the very first edition of The Culture of Fear. A massive body of research on vaccines shows that vaccines have nothing to do with autism. So it's understandable. These parents, they're looking for something or someone to blame the autism on. Completely understandable. And blaming it on vaccines kind of works because the vaccines can't fight back. This movie, Adam, it's very slickly produced. No question, it carries a real punch. And that makes its message more dangerous, not more credible. And as proof of how dangerous it is, in March, Amazon, bless their little hearts, they removed Vaxxed from their streaming service. This happened after a protest by the California Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff. Similar moves have been made by 
social media sites. When the original Vaxxed movie came out in 2016, Robert De Niro booked it for his Tribeca Film Festival, and they pulled it following objections from doctors and scientists. Uh, we did catch up with Robert De Niro and Jane Rosenthal, the uh, two co-founders of the Tribeca Film Festival, and I began by asking them about a controversial film that looks at vaccines and vaccinations and autism, and I asked them about uh, why they decided to remove it from the festival. I uh, wanted to put it in. I had seen it. I don't know enough, but I know a bit. And, and the, what I was hearing and it made it a valid entry for me in a certain way. I felt that this was something that people should at least see. I don't want to get the, the festival in some kind of controversy that would, would be a mis a misperception uh, about it. So I said, let's just pull it. It got attention, oddly enough. You know, maybe it's not all true, but there's something there, and I, I ask questions. See, that's the kind of reasoning that a lot of people have. Sure, sounds reasonable. <laughs> and, you know, I know this guy. I know who De Niro is, right? And I've trusted him on other things. And, you know, that's a big part of the problem of how these things spread. And, of course, you know, anti-vaxxers have counted on celebrities a lot in their campaign. And, you know, the backlash to these things helps them too. That's the saddest part. The film's producers said that the uproar was the best thing that ever happened to their movement. It drew attention to the cause. It attracted people to the movie. Vaxxed 2 makes no effort to address the scientific evidence that autism has nothing to do with vaccines. They don't even claim to. Or the coincidence that symptoms of autism often appear between 12 and 24 months of age, exactly when the measles, mumps, and rubella, the MMR vaccine is given. Are we part of the problem giving them more press? Should we not be doing this? That's a very good question. I was a little concerned about that when we decided we were going to do it. Right. You know, it's a real dilemma whether to give these things more promotion. But what I'm hoping is that by putting it in context, this pseudo-documentary, we're going to hurt rather than help their cause. So let me jump into that, okay? Here's some of the context. Vax2 premiered just as the CDC had shown that in the first nine months of this year, we had the largest number of measles cases in almost 30 years. Of those people, one in 10 were hospitalized. Dr. Paul Offit, a vaccine expert at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, said this, quote, if that level rises to 2,000 or 3,000 cases a year, we will start to see children dying of measles again. That's the dangerous game that's being played here. Offit also said this, the public is sick and tired of the anti-vaccination movement. Children are being admitted to intensive care units with severe measles and pneumonia. A clear line in the sand has been crossed, end of quote, and to which I say amen. Is there any good news in this? A little bit. We always want to have some good news because we need hope on these things, right, right? Right, New York's measles outbreak which has been going on so long it raised fears that the disease would re regain a foothold in the United States broadly, that appears to be on the verge of finally ending. While no one has died, 119 people required hospitalization and 60 developed pneumonia. One patient suffered encephalitis. The CDC, that's the Centers for Disease Control, said, quote, we're hopeful that the U.S. will maintain its measles elimination status. But they added, we're not out of the woods yet. So yes, Fear anti-vaxxers. They're dangerous. Down in Florida, we welcome you to the Sunshine State. It's time for Fear Florida. We all love this segment every week. Adam, you want to do the honors? Sure. Here's the headline. 
Miami Beach police officer suspended after appearing in inappropriate video. What's the story? It's Florida, right? So this should be interesting. Here's the story. A Miami Beach police officer was relieved of duty after he appeared in uniform in a troubling video that was posted on Instagram that showed him escorting three handcuffed women wearing lingerie to the front door of the department's headquarters. The three adult industry social media savvy ladies were wearing thongs and bras when they roped in Beaker, making him a featured character in their Instagram skit. Barry here, take a look at the clip. You can arrest us, but you can't keep us from having fun. So let's do it! <laughs> I'm sure they didn't have to try very hard to get him to appear in the video. So the women were not being arrested, actually. It was just a video that they were recording, and they posted on their social media accounts. Beaker was on his all-terrain vehicle outside the headquarters. The women thanked him in the video, and Beaker said, no problem. And the video has been viewed over a million times on social media. Over a million times. Oh, look, Barry, I, I, I dug in. I did my research. I was on there for <laughs> hours just looking at this, you know, trying to find these details of the case. <laughs> I think that of the million views, yes. Adam was yeah. <laughs> like 500,000 or something. There was millions of views on these. There's three Instagram models for the price of one. <laughs> I'm guessing that the story continues. Yes. Yeah, so Miami Beach City Manager Jimmy L. Morales was not pleased at all. He said in a statement, these videos are highly offensive. It is disgusting that a representative of the Miami Beach Police Department and the city as a whole would choose to participate in this distasteful video. <laughs> On the other hand, there's residents like Justin Witherspoon who said, I just think it's wild that he's under investigation for something like that. It doesn't bother me too much as long as it's a prank, you know? It's a little skit. And another person reacted, I feel like surprised about this but well all right that sounds like a floridian about everything right? exactly I, you know, yeah I'm, I'm surprised these things happen in florida but eh, all right okay so according to miami pd the department was made aware of the video posted on social media chief richard clements immediately launched an internal affairs investigation and placed officer william beaker in an administrative capacity while the investigation takes its course so the next day clements released a new statement announcing, and I'm quoting here, Barry, after further review of the circumstances surrounding these videos, I have relieved Officer William Beaker of duty pending the outcome of the investigation. Poor wording there with relieved yeah. Officer Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> and Barry also too, what investigation are they doing? It, it, it's pretty clear what happened. Uh, yeah. So Barry, Francia James, she was one of the three models that was in this video. She's a Playboy model known for these kind of social media stunts. She released this statement. We are innocent and we love cops, right, Maddie? We really so, love cops. So, oh, you do? Yes. Yeah, we don't... He was only helping us, and we really hope they don't give him a hard time. Well, what do you have to say to Officer Beaker? Like, if he, he's still suspended right now. Do you have any message for him? Yeah. You know, I'm it's so, so sorry. sorry. And, you we know, had no idea this is going to happen. Yeah, and... we don't want any trouble. You know, we were just having fun. So yeah. I hope he doesn't get in more trouble. Right. <laughs> yes. Do you have anything okay. to say to his bosses to let, let him back at work? Come on. Maybe Please? you should take a picture yeah. with us too. <laughs> Let's take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love this so much. For those of you who couldn't hear that, she was offering to take a picture with Beaker's boss. So how did, how did it uh, go down? So Beaker has been an 11-year veteran of the Miami Beach Police Department. And we're proud of him. We're still very proud of him. I speak on behalf of the entire Miami Beach community <laughs> when I say that. If I were down there right now, I would drop by and pin a special commendation on Beaker <laughs> for his distinguished service. In fact, I think we should send Alonzo down there to Miami Beach. Yeah. He's going to present to Officer Beaker the first ever Fear Not special award <laughs> for distinguished service by a police officer. What do you think? I love that, Barry. I love that. And we'll just be one of many people that are supporting Officer Beaker here because all of his legal fees are being paid by bang bros. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Ah, there's only one thing to say. Fear, Fear Florida. Florida. Today is gonna be a good day. And that's it for this mini episode of Fear Not. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button. And give us a five-star review to help us rise in the charts. If you want to see Alonzo live, check his tour schedule. You'll find it on his website, alonzobowden.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Alonzo Bowden. And check out Alonzo many weeks on NPR's news quiz, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And follow Barry on social media at Barry Glasner. And if you want a great read, my favorite book, check out Barry's book, The Culture of Fear, available on Amazon and booksellers everywhere. As always, if you hear a news story that makes your hair stand on end, or if it sounds like someone's trying to fill you with fear for no good reason, please send those to us at fearnotofficial.com or just tweet us at fearnotofficial and we'll see if we can find the truth for you. Goodbye and have a great day. Fear Not is a Stone & Company Entertainment production hosted by Alonzo Bowden and Dr. Barry Glasner. Executive produced by Scott A. Stone. Produced and edited by Adam Everest. Written by Scott A. Stone, Barry Glasner, and Adam Everest. Alonzo writes stuff too. Don't believe him. Our sound engineer is Tim Moore. Legal Beagles, Loeb and Loeb. Crack accountants are 10 key accounting. Special thanks to Gary Brown, Betsy Amster, and Adam's imaginary girlfriend.